What is up, you beautiful human? Hello, and welcome back to the Raw, Real, and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Three weeks in Bali, and I am feeling amazing. Life update Bali is just such a yes to me. In Perth, I felt flat, got sick, just things felt clunky, like nothing felt easy. I felt bored, and it really brought back a feeling that I had felt, a feeling that I had experienced in Perth for oh so long. I remember being at the front of my beach house, something that used to really inspire me, my home, the ocean, the beauty of the view. If you've never been to the coast road in the northern suburbs of Perth, Western Australia, we just absolutely are so privileged to live in essentially a holiday destination. It is pristine. It is clean. There's this panoramic view of the West Coast. It is just absolutely spectacular. Like I do not take for granted how absolutely beautiful this place is, but it really landed within me probably a year and a half, a year before leaving the home where I would stand on the coast road. I would stand on the path and I would look at the ocean and just nothing would feel as inspiring as it used to. And I could feel this monotony and this boredom. And it was obviously my soul saying, it's like, it's time for change, Rebecca. It's time for growth, Rebecca. This boredom is showing you that you haven't stretched and gotten outside of your comfort zone for a while, Rebecca. This is not the space for you anymore, Rebecca. And when I got back to Perth this time around, it came with the same mundane, flat, bored, uninspired feeling. And I was looking at, you know how Facebook likes to show you all your memories? At some stage, I felt really out of integrity with my business in terms of I'm a fucking life coach, not living her life. Who the fuck am I to inspire other people? And for a long time, I felt like I can't actually only teach women about the herpes virus because it's the only fucking thing I'm actually embodied in. I'm not living. But as soon as I get back to Bali, I just feel like so much life opens up, so much experience. Obviously, it comes with detachment and letting go of a past life. Some people are involved in that. You're going to hear about this today. But just the entire experience of coming here, moving here, completing with where I was, it just activates so much within me. I feel so powerful and I feel like I'm back in integrity and living in congruence with my highest values. Lifestyle is one of my highest values. Freedom is one of my highest values. Just living my life without experiencing life just feels like I'm wasting my life away. And I'm not trying to impress this upon you that this is what you desire and this is what you need to value. What you need to value are your values. That's what I want you to get out of this conversation. The woman being so anchored and rooted in her values If you do that for yourself and you're going to get that out of today's episode, if you're connected to that, then no matter what shows up, even if it's beautiful, even if it's the West Coast of Australia, even if it is a huge home on the front of the beach, really fucking affordably, by the way, I lived in this like basic, not a mansion, but I lived in this amazing home, really affordably with the best housemates. I had the most amazing partner, family, all the things. If it just does not fully hit your top three values, it's just not going to hit and your soul is going to keep knocking and tapping and punching at you until you fucking listen to it. And how that's really relevant today is Jake is essentially my West Coast of Australia. Jake is my beautiful home and my beautiful ocean and just everything about him is so beautiful and everything about our relationship is so beautiful and There's a part of my heart that says, even though you want this, this is not it. 
And so today's episode dives deep into our three weeks in person together, everything that we explored as a relationship, trying to see if there was a potential for a future to be birthed from reconnecting. I am very tender, very raw, very vulnerable in this share. But one thing I will invite you to listen into is how grounded I am in the communication of this versus if you remember my podcast after the breakup, they were coming from a place of hurt, a place of not dysregulation, but just a place of hurt. Whereas this episode, I'm coming from a deep place of knowing and the woman knowing her knowing and being connected to her knowing is the most powerful fucking thing that you can hold and have because it's your knowing and no one can tell you what that is. And just because you can hear your knowing does not mean taking action on that knowing and living in alignment with that knowing is going to be easy. In fact, it's really fucking hard, especially when what your knowing is telling you is taking you away from something or someone that you love so deeply. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you and so that I can share it as well. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. Uh, The update that all of Instagram has handed me my ass for, I know that this is coming in maybe a little bit later than what you expected, but I had to full circle my experience before I could bring it to you and also be able to turn it into a teaching for all of us versus just an authentic and vulnerable share. And for any woman who has ever felt conflicted about moving on from a relationship, I know there's a lot of women who are coming to me right now with this conversation, a lot of women going through breakups, a lot of women still holding on to a past partner and, um, yeah, really feeling a lot of judgment around this, a lot of sadness around this, a lot of fear around this, a lot of uh, hurt towards themselves when it comes to this. And, you know, we're not taught how to let go and grief is just one of those emotions that I have been, I've been reflecting this back to a lot of my clients that, you know, we can suppress happiness and joy. We can suppress anger and sadness for some amount of time, but grief, that motherfucker, just, you cannot hide from that thing. It hits you like a ton of bricks. But I think we think of grief in terms of death, but I want you to think of like actual, the human dying. But there are so many cycles of life that are occurring in our personal lives that we don't realize is a grief, is a death of sorts. And we're just not taught how to be with these cycles of life. We're not taught how to be with the death of a relationship, the death of a friendship, the death of a career, the death of an employee, the death of an employer. And I'm saying death as in not that person gone from planet Earth, but just gone from our experience on planet Earth. It can be a lot to be with. And we're also dying to past versions of ourselves who showed up to that person, that partner, that career, and past versions of ourselves get to die in the process for the new to be rebirthed, for the new to be reborn, for us to step into more of our power and more of our womanhood. We're basically letting go of past identities of ourselves. There's so much involved in grief. And like I said, we can't escape it, especially the intense waves of emotion. And I always say for any woman going through any huge wave of emotion, and I know I've put this in past podcasts, is that 
what the wave does to us is trick us into believing that that emotion is here forever. And what's important to remember and why I love to call emotions waves, if we think about nature, if we think about the ocean, we know that waves are constantly rolling. And we also know that waves reach a peak, the crest of the wave. And the crest of the wave when it comes to emotion is the height of the emotion. Now, in that moment, our nervous system can often trick us into thinking and feeling that that emotion is going to be here forever. And any fears that are attached to the crest of the emotional wave, we believe that that is going to be our experience forever. What is important for us all to remember is that eventually the wave will crash and roll out into whitewash and then we'll come back into regulation at some stage. So it's really important to know if anyone is going through some kind of grief cycle, some kind of loss cycle right now, that we remember that at the peak of the discomfort of that really intense emotion, it's not going to be here forever and it will roll, it will break, it will turn into whitewash. And some things that you can think about if you're listening to this and resonating with this right now is really connecting with what is it that I get to do to support myself when I'm at the crest of the wave? How can I support myself at the peak, at the height of that intensely triggering emotion so that we can support our nervous system versus believe at the crest of the wave that we're going to be there forever? And I know that I've said this in prior podcasts as well, nervous system work must be practiced outside of dysregulation because you are never going to reach for your nervous system tools in the height of the trigger if you're not practiced in them. So thinking about these emotions that roll in and roll out and thinking about your reactions when these big emotional waves come, you can already start to think about what is going to support me the next time the wave rolls in and how can I start to practice that when I'm in my regulation versus waiting for dysregulation to hit and to land. And so I know many women resonated with the conversation around holding on to an ex for a really long time. And when it came to Jake, I had been thinking about him every day in our breakup. And at about three month mark of us having completely no contact, I was really moving my life in one kind of direction. And I would say a lot of that had to do with, you know, knowing internally how much I love and care for him and how much I valued our friendship, but also knowing that sexually we just weren't connecting to the depth that I desire to, which was creating for me a lack of certainty in the relationship. And receiving that being met so intensely once I had started exploring sexual relationships with other men. And this woman went fucking nuts at me on Instagram the other week. And um, she ended up blocking me where she's like, you just talk about sex like you can just have it with anyone and it doesn't mean anything to you. I'm like, I don't know how many fucking people you think I'm having sex with, bitch, but like chill the fuck out, calm down. I'll do what the fuck I want. And like I think I said to her, it's obvious that your values and mine and our opinions don't really align. So I don't really feel like my community is potentially the space where you want to actually share and use your voice. Like she was commenting on all my posts and sharing links to shit about like every man carries a certain DNA and that's going to impact your children. And she just went on some fucking tangent. And I was like, listen, psychopath, get off my page and go and preach your bullshit somewhere else. We don't want it here. Anyway. 
whatever you do with your pussy, as long as it's in alignment with you, you just keep doing that. We don't need to be preached to. Actually, this is, a, I shouldn't have on, but I actually attempted to interview this person twice on my podcast and she'd just go off onto fucking wild tangents. And I was like, this woman makes absolutely no sense. So I was like, you know what? We, we do not align. Stop. I unfollowed her and she's still like hammering my Instagrams like fucking go away. Anyway, whatever you do with your pussy, just like as long as it's in alignment with your values, doesn't matter what anyone thinks about it. But yeah, I'm not having all the sex with millions of people. I've had very aligned specific interactions with people that I actually really value that align with my standards and values um, and that I've really connected with in a beautiful way, which I feel has created those intensely pleasurable sexual experiences. And I feel like God gave that to me as a felt experience for me to know that I just absolutely cannot, again, deny that part of Rebecca. And I know that you all know this, but it was so important to me because of the herpes journey, because of the past partner who used to prematurely ejaculate, because of the safety that I felt with Jake and so really pushing my sexual needs and desires to the side and thinking that was okay because he created so much safety for me. And when we first met, there was still so much fear that I didn't realize around the herpes virus that for so long, for you know, 15 years, it felt like this wild woman sexual expression of me hadn't been there. And to get that experience back, it was so invaluable. I feel when I feel met by myself, validated, seen, acknowledged by myself, my whole body like lands at the back of my spine. And I've been doing this work with my archetypal wisdom mentor where she said, Beck, I want to get you out of the front of your body and always like charging at the world. And instead of just like landing in the back into the spine of your body and my nervous system mentor, Carrie, we've been working on meeting these parts of me so that I can open my heart and live a more vulnerable and softer expression of myself while still being super powerful and like the bad bitch and and like, you know, the sassy comments and all the things like still being my full expression of Rebecca, but also being able to really like drop and land in my body. And yeah, when I feel like I really meet myself, it feels like instead of being like forward facing and pushing my body all the way towards the world, it's like I land in my body and fall back. And I feel like my body is like at my spine. That's what meeting myself feels like. And these beautiful sexual experiences that I had had in those three months. And I mean, it wasn't a a heap of them. Like Mr. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, he was the one and the most frequent one. And the other one was like the first night we spent together. And that was once, even though it was like all night and all like I said to Jake, I was like, the fucking first guy I fucked after you, I swear to God, we had more sex in 12 hours than what you and I used to have in like one fucking month. Like it drove me insane, but I was like, God wants this for me. And then the next person was a friend on a one night out. So just for that, like psycho lady on the internet, hammering me for thinking that I'm like out fucking nine people a night, even though if I want to, I could, it's three chill the fuck out. (laughs) Chill out, bitch. Like sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up. I'll do what I want. Anyway, it's not a lot of people. Anyway, when I had those beautiful sexual experiences, it just felt like, again, that like meeting myself at the back of my body in my spine and just being like, yes, this is what I had been absolutely aching for. And now that I have felt it again, it has awakened something within me that I just can't deny. I can't unfeel what I felt. I can't unknow what I know. 
and even for the love of an absolute best friend and the most amazing man that I have met up until now, I can't sacrifice that because it activates so much emotion. It activates so much creativity. I feel really myself. I feel really feminine. I feel really powerful. I feel really soft and beautiful. I feel really open. I was sharing with Jake, sex and intimacy for me is a part of the like roots that deepen inside of me that have me feel so certain in a relationship. And with Jake in those three years and even the time that we've spent together, I love that man, like love him. I think he is the best man I have ever met. And I've realized I sat in why God brought him to me. And when God brought Jake to me, I did not trust men. I was really mad at men. Even I was thinking about my sassy jokes on the internet and there's a part of me that just judges and doesn't like men who are bad in bed and don't make women's needs a priority. And if you can't last, can't make her pleasure important so that then like you could just pleasure her for 30, 45 minutes, an hour, and then take 30 seconds. And I've realized, really honest, vulnerable share, I didn't think I was doing it. So like I thought I was fully clear of the ex from 10 years ago, the one that I really love, but I have been punishing men through some of my sassy jokes. I've realized this is put my hand up, very honest share here. I've been mad at men that they're the reason that I got herpes. And even though I'm at so at peace with herpes, I'm like, love it, love that I have it, love that it's one of the worst and best things to ever happen to me. Now I would say it's like one of the best things, love that like one of the hardest things I've ever been through, love that I can be a voice for it, love that I talk about it, love that I'm funny about it, love that I create freedom and permission for other women around it, love that women have messaged me and literally like told me that I've saved them for suicide because of it. Like it just feels like, God like handed me a baton was like, bitch, you fucking run with this and you go, you go change some and save some lives. And I was like, this is not the baton I wanted, motherfucker, but like, okay. And like, I'm so happy with it. But when it happened, it was the worst thing. And I was really mad at men. And my ex from 10 years ago, we'll call him Sam. He, um, yeah, he couldn't last in bed. And that was such a frustrating experience for me and he wouldn't talk about it. Oh, my God. Being with someone that isn't willing to communicate around really important things, the reflection of that, I've been actually in my current life now, I've been receiving that from the external world of people that are really important to me, not Jake, but suppressing their true feelings and not being willing to communicate authentically what is going on for them and being in avoidance. And I'm like, oh, my God, avoidance in relationship of what's really important to be spoken about and to be talked about, it just creates so much disharmony, so much frustration for the person on the other end. And so me in this experience with Sam, him not being able to uh, fuck for longer than like 30 seconds and up to three minutes and just telling me, oh, I don't experience this with women I don't care about, only with you, that became a really frustrating experience because I felt so righteous in how I'd left that relationship. I broke up with him twice, but I was so in love with him. I'd always take him back when he did all the right things and begged for me. There's a part of me that's like men that can't fuck and men that can't last in bed, you absolute useless fucks. You're the reason that we're in pain and specifically me. I just do actually think all men need to learn how to fuck, fuck properly and make women's pleasure a priority. But I also know that that past version of me that was so hurt, so harmed, so ashamed, felt so betrayed, felt so unheard, felt so just like, how are you the one that can't fuck for longer than a minute or two minutes or three minutes? And I'm the one that is now in intense pain. Oh my God. 
That's what I was like. That's why I've been so mad at men who can't fuck. <laughs> anyway, seven years later, meet Jake, and I've still been like, just like mad at men, mad at the world. No forgiveness around men, really looking at them like you're the problem and you're to blame and you didn't protect me. It is you. You have caused all of my pain. You're the people that I loved. And um, I've done this process with many of my clients and I was taught it by Preston. And I've shared with this with you in the past where you go through the pivotal age ranges of your life and the developmental stages of learning and you think about your best and worst memory. And every single memory that I have through every single pivotal developmental stage of age, the person who created the most amount of love and the absolute best memory created the worst memory also, but the pain just like absolutely triumphed over any love that I experienced because the pain was so great, so destructive, so chaotic. Like every painful moment was just absolute destruction. And so I know for any woman resonating with this, that created a deep-seated belief within me that intense love equates to huge amounts of destructive pain and sometimes physical hurt and harm. And so I just didn't trust. I didn't trust love. I didn't trust men. And so I was sitting with, why did God bring me Jake? And God brought me Jake at a time that I just didn't trust men at all, didn't really trust the world either. And I really thought it was like, me against everyone except my family because they're the ones that will love me forever. And Jake, through our three-year relationship and him just being so committed, so loyal, so willing to work on us, so willing to grow in where we needed to grow as a couple, so willing to listen to me, so willing to love me in my chaos. Like, fuck, I've had some absolute tantrums and he just like holds, he holds he never wrongs me. He always forgives me. He never puts me down. He always celebrates me. He's so forgiving. He's just like the best man ever. In fact, the next fucking bitch that gets my boyfriend, I want to like punch her in the face <laughs> because she's like, he's just so brilliant. He's so, he's so good. But I realized God brought Jake to me to get me to trust and to get me to trust men and to get me to a place where like I deeply want to love. I, I never thought that this would be possible, even though I, I have, it's weird to describe. It's like there's been an aching but a denying of that. And Jake has shown me I do deserve to love a man and that man will stay, like no matter fucking what. Like all I wanted was Sam to come back and say that I could have met you. I could have worked on myself. I could have worked on our sex. I could have, and we could have been something. I really wanted him to come and take some ownership and he never did. And Jake did. Jake did that for me. And it just showed me that like, I fully deserve to be so loved in all of me, all of my chaos, all of my social media self-expression, all of my sassy things that I write, emotional things that I write, just all of it. Jake's just like, I don't fucking care what anyone thinks. If you're my person, then we work on this and we figure it the fuck out. I just love that about him. And so when he came back into my life, you know, it brought up a lot and also I thought my life was heading in one direction, like single and free and all the things. Then he comes back in and it throws it into the opposite direction. And even though when he did contact me, he was like, you can keep doing life however you're doing life. I'm not going to be in communication with anyone else just because for my own energy, I can't put energy into 
multiple people where he's just so like even his fierce loyalty it just creates so much safety for me he's just so rock solid and even for me with our dynamic not that I have a value for talking to multiple people but even once he came in I was like oh even like flirting with someone else or going for dinner with someone else it doesn't feel good for me because Jake's been a part of my life for three years you know I want to eventually get Jake on the podcast but he's been cheated on by his two past partners and so for me not just for myself, like I deserve to be loyal to someone, but also Jake is just so deserving that he deserves so much loyalty. And I've always loved the loyalty and faithfulness that the two of us have for each other and how much safety that has created for each other as well. Sometimes I'm like, are we brothers and sisters from a past life or something? Like it's so weird (laughs) how similar we are in so many ways and just we are best, best, best friends. But I came to him, this is what I want to full circle for you so that you have a tool to walk away with from this conversation. As I was thinking about my relationship with Jake and re-exploring this and also having known the huge intimacy that I got to experience sexually with other men in the time that Jake and I were separated, I was like, if we go and re-explore this and nothing has changed, we're just going to end up in the same loop. Even though I might want something, like my head is saying I want this, my heart is saying it's not Jake. There's another part of me that's saying we can't not explore this because emotionally the door didn't feel fully closed. It was like still a little bit open. So I just knew if we don't close that door fully, I'm never going to be able to open up to anyone else. I don't want to live in the what if. He's come back and given me this beautiful healing around this relationship breakup from 10 years ago, Sam. So how can I, you know how I'm very feminine, but also very structured, logical, masculine, so I can kind of balance the two. I sat the two, I sat with what can I do to support Jake and I to know if this is right and aligned? So before going back to Perth, I really sat down and I wrote a vision. And this is something that I didn't do when Jake and I first got together because I wasn't in a place where I wanted a relationship. I wasn't in a place where I wanted a vision with someone. I wasn't thinking about that. He just came in at a time that it felt like it's actually time to lean back into dating. And this man in so many ways is in alignment with me and my values that I can't not explore this. And so three years later, I'm at a place of like, oh no, I do want relationship. Oh no, I do want to create a vision with someone. Oh no, I do want to create a life with someone. Oh no, I do really want to love someone, not just for how I feel to be loved by them, but I really desire to love someone for how they feel to be loved by me, even, you know, in everything that was occurring with Jake. When I was in, I guess, my triggers and my wounding, there was a part of me that was so mad about, you know, our life experience and how much he worked and everything that he was working on. And in our time apart, there's been this expression of me that's come through that's like, oh, I just like deeply desire to support my partner and have him feel so supported by my presence and feel an even more powerful man in my presence. And this is all like this softening, this healing has created that for me. It's almost like this selfishness of Rebecca of like, well, what am I getting out of this relationship? That's gone. And this trusting, loving version of me has come through. And so when I came to Jake, I wrote a vision and I requested that he do this as well. And we agreed on it. And I wrote a vision for relationship and love. I wrote a vision for lifestyle because that's one of my highest values. I wrote a vision for parenting and motherhood. I wrote a vision for sex and intimacy. And I wrote a vision for finances because that's really, really obviously important to me as well. And I wrote a vision around the kind of life that I desire to create with my partner. And I brought all of those to Jake and I read each of them to him individually. And almost all of them match. 
except for sex and intimacy and lifestyle. And so when that happened, whilst I'm reading mine to him, he reads his to me. And there's a part of me that says like, okay, well, beyond like love, trust, faithfulness, my three highest values in relationship is sex and intimacy, lifestyle and finances. Now, Jake's top three relationship values are not the same as mine. And he seems to think that it's okay that they conflict. And I don't. I think that they need to match. So that was kind of my awareness point of like, this is just not going to work. Like logically, I can have so much love for this person. And we do. We connected. We had our picnic. We had our hotel room. Obviously, the first time we had sex, it was like not the greatest because there was so much emotion and like so much weight attached to this moment. And then as we became relaxed with each other, it improved and got better. And it's weird. It's it's something that I've sat with. Jake and I have good sex. Like Jake is great in bed. Jake and I have good sex, but we just don't have the depth of intimacy that my woman aches for and desires. And Jake and I have this almost neutral energy that occurs in our bodies when we're with each other. And if anyone has experienced this, I would love for you to privately connect with me to share. And even in Michelle Panning's episode, obviously she said, if you didn't have that sexual chemistry when you first connected, you never will. And that really stayed in my space as well, because I remember Jake and I first hooked up at a New Year's event. <laughs> like we went to a party, we were at like a New Year's, no, an Australia day, some kind of drinking party, like some kind of event in Perth. We saw each other there. I ended up dancing with him and his friends and some of my girlfriends. We went back to some kind of small after party. And then as I was leaving, Jake and I went outside, we're on the front of a car. All kinds of things happen. He always tells everyone I gave him a wristy on a car. I can't even remember if I did, but that's like his favorite joke to tell everyone. But, oh no, we almost had sex. This is what actually happened. Yeah, we almost had sex and my housemate Tony was with us and Tony came out like he's like off his face and came and interrupted. So we didn't. Anyway, so all we'd done up until this point is kiss. But then Jake asked me out on Instagram for two years after that. But I just remember not feeling an intense amount of desire for Jake when we were kissing that I was like, mm, I'm probably not going to explore this. And then it got to a point where one thing had led to another and God put Jake in my life. He walked past my Pilates studio, all the things, and I just couldn't not explore Jake. Even though I find Jake beautiful, like I love, I love his face. I love his neck. I love his collarbone. Like I love under his eyes. I love his cheeks and like his little, he's got these little freckles. I love his smile. There's just like, I've, I think he's just beautiful, so beautiful to look at. And I find him attractive and I'm attracted to him, but we just don't have the chemistry. And it's weird because I know that some men walk past me and I can tell they want to eat me alive. And the men that I'm with when we're intimate, they want to eat me, like literally eat me alive. And I love that experience. And, and Jake and I just don't, we just don't have that. And it's wild because we have a best, best friendship. We have like 10,000 out of 10 non-sexual physical intimacy. Like I'll be like all over him and vice versa. He'll be all over me. Like in each other's presence, we're so beautiful and the friendship is so beautiful. And we have grown in so many ways. Like he really acknowledged my growth, my softening, my willingness to be vulnerable, my willingness to speak my truth, my willingness to get my needs met, to ask. Just it's like everything is there. It's just there's like an energy that I'm desiring to get out of it that we just don't have. And 
one thing that Jake said to me is like, he's willing to spend another year working on it and knows that he's 31. As a single man, he can do whatever the fuck he wants for the rest of his life whenever he meets his partner. But like, I feel my partner is coming at the end of this year and I feel like my engagement is coming next year. My babies are coming like in three or four years. And I don't want to spend a year wasting a year on something that we already know. And I really sat with why we have this experience because we were talking about how can we work on this? Like Jake and I have the highest value for growth. How can we work on this? What workshop can we go to? What tantra thing can we go to? What sex and intimacy coach can we work with? And I actually feel that Jake has so much learning to do outside of me. And I feel like knowing that my mission is not in Perth, like I felt flat. I felt bored. I got sick. Like I got the flu for the first two weeks. It just, Perth just doesn't do it for me. Whereas I get back to Bali, I feel invigorated. I feel beautiful. I feel sexy. Things just feel in alignment. Like I don't align with being in flow all the time, but God just opens up so much for me in Bali. And I said to Jake, if we are not each other's one, which without the sex and intimacy, we've shared that like we can commit to each other, but we're not certain about each other. And we love each other so much and it's so hard to let each other go because of the best friendship and the attachment and the love. But without the sex and intimacy, for me, like the roots aren't deep and it creates this like, oh, I want to connect, I want to commit to you, but I can't commit to you. And I like, it just creates this like, oh, I feel like I feel uncertain. I need a relationship where I land in it. I don't feel landed here without that. And I said to him, do you think if we are not each other's one, and my mission is not in Perth and yours is, do you not think that even if we did everything that we could to work on our sex and intimacy, if God has decided, because God has already written in the scriptures, my beliefs, who my husband is, who the father of my children is, who his wife is, if we are not each other's one, then even if we did all the courses, all the workshops, got all the coaches, spent all the time working on this, like poured into each other, we could do everything. And if God doesn't want this for us because it's just not meant for us, then it will never be. And I know my mission is not in Perth right now. And I know that his is. And it makes sense based on our upbringings. You know, Jake had a very different upbringing to mine. He had quite a turbulent one. I won't tell you about it. Eventually, I want to have him as a guest on the podcast. He can tell you about his journey. It's beautiful. His journey is so powerful. But it makes perfect sense that he has created so much safety in the stability of Perth. Now, I come from a very stable, beautiful, loving family, also helicopter parents that are super controlling. So it makes perfect sense that I have this massive desire for freedom and love and the stability and the certainty of Perth feels like a cage and a trap. So that part of me that has always wanted to break free and be free, no wonder she experiences so much elation being in Bali. No rules on the scooter wind through my hair it just feels like up until 18 years of age all I wanted to was to escape and get free I get to have that experience here so it makes sense to me that I experience so much joy so much fulfillment in Bali and he experiences so much aliveness and purpose in Perth even when I went back to Perth I was like this fucking place sucks everyone's stale it's dead and I was like people lack aliveness and Jake does not Jake is so alive he has found so much purpose and meaning in that place. I'm like, his purpose is here, but my aliveness is elsewhere. Why would God give us a deeply connected sex that I ache for in relationship if my purpose is not in Perth? Because, and this is a thing that I really want to own. I said this to him on the phone earlier. 
If God gave that to us, I feel I would sacrifice my mission and I would stay in Perth and sacrifice what I'm actually here to do. But God doesn't want that for me. God's handed me a fucking baton and I have to take it and I have to go with it. And so the reason that I didn't record this podcast episode up until now is because Jake and I hadn't completed until this morning. And it was really hard to let go. I feel like we knew, like the knowing was so strong, but also the desire to make it work was there. But we just knew like, We can't commit without the certainty, without that one piece. I think I got the flu, like the very intense flu on the plane on the way home from Bali. So I was basically okay in Perth on the Thursday, the Friday, and then the Saturday this cough hit. But the Saturday was the day that I first saw Jake. I didn't know I was sick. So then we're obviously kissing and all things. So then I got intensely sick, like the worst sickness that I've ever been in my life. And then I pass it on to him. So for the first two weeks of our three weeks together, we're both like in each other's presence, sick. So we weren't really set up for the hugest amount of success and I thought I hadn't plugged my my microphone in for a second. I was like, I'm going to fucking punch myself in my lady dick if I did not do that. But it is, it's plugged in, guys. It's, it's all on. But I also wonder, we got met with so much resistance. Like um, I never get herpes outbreaks. And like the first night that we had in that beautiful hotel room, the day prior, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm getting a herpes outbreak. And you know how much meaning I attach to when I get a herpes outbreak. And I was like, babe, I have to let you know, I I think I have a herpes outbreak coming on. And it was only small, but I did. And like, obviously we were able to be intimate using protection and all of the things, but it's not the same, like fuck free, like not fuck free, not fear free either, because I don't have any fear about it, but just, it's just not the same, like just all in like dirty, juicy, like face all up in whatever. It's not that kind of sex when you're like, oh, I have a herpes outbreak. So like that was there. Then I got the flu that I passed the flu on to him. Then like our last morning together where I love morning sex, Jake doesn't, but he'll create space for that for me because I love it so much. He planned like the morning for us to be intimate. And then his business partner rang him was like, I need you to do what I was going to do. And I need you to do it like in half an hour. So I was just like, I feel like we were given so many roadblocks and Jake was like, can you please not make fucking meaning about everything? I'm like, but I do. And it's not the meaning. I'm not attaching meaning to it. I'm asking God, like God is not making the path clear for us. It's not because we're not willing to work on it because we're here working on it. But like herpes outbreak, flu, you getting the flu, your fucking business partner calling you on the last morning that we're meant to be intimate together. Like God is putting roadblocks in the way. And I get to ask about that because I was like, one of the reasons you love me is because of my depth and my relationship with God and my relationship with my spirituality. Well, this is a part of it. This is a part of God speaking to me. And so we actually completed, we spoke on the phone, yeah, a few hours ago this morning because I said to him and he shared, we were like, what are we doing? For the next three months, he's got some big endurance run coming on. I'm in Bali. I don't feel in alignment with Perth. We can't fully commit without that depth of sex. We can't work on the depth of sex without being together. It doesn't feel like a yes right now. You know, he was like, if you were here in Perth, we could work on it, but I don't want to be in Perth. And we were still talking, you know, we're very consistent, text every morning, text every night. We've been going through challenges in our work and supporting each other and and holding space for each other. And that creates it. I said to him, we can't be doing that because for me, that creates an even deeper attachment to you. And so, yeah, we just said our goodbyes this morning and just really shared with each other how much we love each other and then celebrating our friendship and just like honoring how hard it is to leave someone that you love and just honoring as well, like how much resentment 
we were both holding resentment towards each other around the relationship and around the breakup. And this time in Perth allowed us to really clear that, like nothing's been left unspoken and he got to hold space for so much like jealousy came up in our breakup and I got to be witness and seen in that I shared with him openly like that's the thing about my relationship with Jake Jake knows everything about me there's not anything that I wouldn't share with him and so he was even saying like I was talking to some of the women in the gym about our relationship and they said that like chemistry can be worked on and you know it comes and it goes but I just need to be certain and our hearts are just like We have so much love, but we don't have the certainty. And so we've called it. I hope for all the women listening, it allows you to sit and get really clear because we can want something so intensely. And then we also know what our vision for our life is. And I think it's so important for that to align, that to be able to bring it to someone and say, hey, this is what I am looking to create in my life for my life. And having that person say, I am here for this, let's do it together. Or have that person say, I just can't meet that. I feel like when I wrote, like I wrote two pages of what my sexual vision for my relationship is. And I obviously want a partner to bring their sexual vision to me too. Jake's was very basic and mine was so in depth. And there was parts of mine that he was like a yes to and parts of mine that he felt were a lot. And that for me was like my intense knowing of I can't live without this, even if God gives me the greatest, most incredible man. Maybe he gave him to me just to teach me that it's safe to love and that I'm ready to open my heart. And so for that, I will always be so grateful to Jake for Jake. And I can't wait to at some stage, we're going to take three to six months off again. We've said neither is to contact the other unless we have this certainty drop into our space. I said to him, we can't be ripping the Band-Aid and revisiting because this won't allow us to move on. And I said to him, if you're going to recontact me, I want it to be because something has landed within you. I said, your certainty will create my certainty, not your commitment. I know you're committed to me, but I need your certainty. So I need fucking God to like sweep in and say, Rebecca is the mother of your children and or I need God to do that to me. And if I get that awareness at any point in my journey, I will never be too proud to connect with you, but I will not connect with you out of curiosity. I will only connect with you out of a deep, intense knowing. And so I wrote a poem that I'm going to finish this episode with today Um, and I hope you love it. And it goes, I have been trying to fall in love with the same man for three years. I attracted a beautiful relationship. I attracted a beautiful man. I attracted a best friend. I attracted an exact mirror of me. The same values, the same loyalty, the same love for personal development, growth and impact, the same love for business, work and our missions, the same love for fitness and boxing, the same love for food. I Sometimes I wonder how our paths crossed in a past life. The similarity and the familiarity is uncanny. He's not as deep as me. He's not as in touch with his sexuality or his emotions as I am, but his his heart is as huge as mine. I've never met a man who so beautifully balances masculinity and gentleness. He's so soft without ever being needy, and his softness feels so safe to me. He's much kinder than I am. He's much more forgiving than me. He is one of my greatest teachers, and he's the hardest to let go of. He's not a partner who treated me terribly, not a partner who tried to hurt and harm me, but instead a partner who wanted to meet me, a partner who wanted to try, a partner who was willing to commit, a partner who was willing to love, 
any defense I attempted to use to protect. He's strong enough to stand up to me, strong enough to love me, strong enough to say, I don't care what people think, let's work on this, strong enough to keep leaning in, strong enough to see my storm and love me still. He's my favorite person. He's my best, best friend. And he's my hardest no my heart has ever had to say. To wonder why we are incredible friends and yet not the most deep and intimate of lovers. I trust God, but sometimes I wonder why. Why not just let us be? Why not just let it be him? But he's not as hard as we've tried. And at least we tried because it's what I deserve. It's what he deserves. It's what our love deserved. Love, being in love and trying to be in love are all very different energies. I hate that my heart has a compass that leads me away from him. But every moment my personality chooses thought over feeling, my inner knowing tells me I'm self-abandoning. And as challenging as the choice is, self-abandonment is not a life I choose to live. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you and so that I can share it as well. From my very vulnerable, tender heart to yours, I hope you loved it. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.